listening to RPC Ramblings, a podcast by Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Hope you enjoy the chat. Hello there and welcome to RPC Ramblings. My name is Alex Richardson, one of the discipleship workers at Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. I'm also joined with co-host Leslie Ann Wilkinson. Hey Alex. Hiya, how are you doing? And we have a special guest with us today, David McClelland. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you, Dave. And um, David is one of our apprentices at Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good, thanks. Yeah. Um, see him old. See, nice to see the weather back, actually, the good weather back. So looking longingly out a window with a blue sky right now, but otherwise I good. I know it started the rain at the end of last oh. week. And, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was awful windy um, mm. as well at the end of last week, but blue skies and it's mm. been a, it's been absolutely beautiful. So um, opportunity to get the windows cleaned. Yes, I was saying our, our window cleaner has turned up. His timing's impeccable. So you may hear a bit of a swish of water, but we are grateful to have him back because let's be honest, the windows were, were looking a bit manky. But no, it's back to normal service now. Fantastic. I feel like a Zoom interruptions has become a, mm. a highlight or a real a source of of a, of laughter um at yeah time. it's it's one of those things because i because i'm still living at home with the parents and the rest of the family privacy um, doesn't always exist so many times you'd see a face popping at the back of a zoom call or away <laughs> from a parent trying to be funny um, and you just have to act professional of course and not lose the rag with them but i think we're getting there the lord's teaching me a lot of patience in this time really i will say is that why you've moved your camera that it's no longer pointing to the door? Yeah, I had I wondered I I had wondered that too. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people asked, and I thought, yes, just to change the scenery. I didn't want to say this; just I can't stand people just walking in and appearing in the backgrounds of all my calls. Really, so you're telling people you've tidied your your bedroom and you know you're being a good lad. When actual fact, it's that you don't yeah. want your parents to be seen on camera. <laughs> yeah, it's just the parents poking their face in through the door, giving a yeah. cheeky wave. I know that you've seen it, Alex. Leslie Ann, you haven't been blessed with that privilege yet, but I'm not going to rule it out for today. It's still a possibility. <laughs> that would be extra commitment if they have to like walk in round behind you for that wee yeah. cheeky wave. So that would be yeah. like they deserve that wave at that stage. Yeah, and and I wouldn't put it past them either, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> it's it's a very real possibility. <laughs> Uh, maybe just deep down they're uh, they're craving to be uh, yeah. on the podcast so uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens down the line yeah. they oh, might start it. slipping notes under the door <laughs> say this say this um well over the last number of weeks if you have been uh, listening to our podcast we have been thinking uh, specifically about covid19 and um, what, what does it mean to as christians live in the midst of covid19 uh, things that we have been learning um, in the midst of, of the pandemic that we find ourselves in. And, uh, and after COVID-19, what is life going to look like? Today, we are beginning a, a new series. We're going to be thinking uh, for the next number of weeks about the attributes of God. Um, what might be a, a witty s- subject? Um, we, we thought we would do an introductory series, uh, an introductory episode. Uh, so we, we thought we would think about what it means to, to know God, why it's so important to know and think about the attributes of God and how we can practically go about uh, thinking about the attributes uh, of God. Um, so guys, we'll start off. Why are the, the attributes of God so important? Why is it so important um, to, to think, uh, to, to consider the attributes of God? 
Well, I think whenever whenever we talk about the attributes of God, we just mean God's character, so who he is. Um, so at the most foundational and probably most important level, we have to know who God is if we are going to claim to worship him and indeed worship him. And um, We need to know what he has actually said about himself, not just try and guess about who God is, um, but see how he has revealed himself. Because really, I suppose... Otherwise, it's a bit of an ignorant claim. If we don't actually know the God we worship, the know the God we serve, it's a bit pointless. You know, we don't live with people and not actually know them. We don't marry people and not actually know them or get to know them over the years. Um, and so it should be with God as well. Yeah, I think it's something that um, we as Christians can sometimes shy away from because it is such a, it's a huge topic. It's really broad. It's really deep. We'll never actually understand fully the depths of God's character but exactly as you said Leslie Ann um, we need to know who we're worshipping we need to know who we're who we're praying to and um, that comes in a relationship that comes as we read his word that comes as we talk to him in response to that um, it's something that we can't shy away from if we want to know God if we want to love him more and more each day and and hate the sin more and more each day that, that is deep within us and um, that has to be shaped by knowing who he is truly mm. It's interesting that you both say um, about knowing God and you, you make the connection or the link there to, uh, to that being something that's relational. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a relationship. Um, Liz, I thought what you said there was really helpful about, you know, when we, when we marry someone, we just don't know about them. Yeah. Um, we actually know them. Um, and I wonder, is there a difference then in knowing, in knowing God and knowing uh, about God, do you think there is a, a difference there? Do you think that's an important um, distinction to make? Mm, I think that's a really important distinction. Um, so we can know facts about people or things um, and not actually know them. Like I can know lots of facts about, oh, that's ironic, I can't even think of an example, but like a celebrity type person, like, you know, some movie star, I can know lots about them, but I don't know them. Um, I don't know them personally. So there's that huge difference between knowing about and knowing in an intimate and relational way. And the same is true about God. We can know about God. We can know very well. We can know the creeds. We can know the history of the church. We can even know our Bible stories inside out and not actually know in a relational sense the true living God. I think the key outworking difference there um, is that knowledge of God in an intimate way leads to transformation that as we know him we become more like him we, we actually know what he's like in order to become more like him um, and like a, a applicable knowledge of God leads to um, just being more missional it leads to being more gracious more patient um, it leads to us a speaking more about who he is you know just really practical things which wouldn't come from just knowing things about God. Um, so I think that's probably the main difference. I don't know, Dave, if you've any more thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've really been challenged by in, in looking at this sort of stuff as we came to do the podcast today is knowing God is very, very different to knowing a human. Um, knowing your friends, you know a lot about them, you know what they like, what they dislike. But knowing God actually leads to a deeper knowledge of who we are as his mm-hmm. creative people as well that I find really helpful. Um, it shows us just how much more we need him. Um, as we get yeah. to know each of his each aspect of his character, each of his attributes, that that little bit more it sort of shines a light um, into who we really are as people, and then how the gospel actually plays into that. How that, as you said, Leslie, and exactly that transforms us, that changes us. Um, it's not just facts 
it's not just stuff that we can rhyme off and, and impress people with, but it leads to this sort of deep inward transformation as we know ourselves better, as we get to know our God better as well. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's really helpful. Uh, do you know, like Psalm 27 um, mm. comes to mind, do you know, where someone who knows about God could say the Lord is light mm-hmm. and they could unpack, they could, they could tell you what that means um, for, yeah. for God to be light. They could say uh, the Lord is salvation um, and they could explain what that means. They could say the Lord is a stronghold and they could know what that means. That's the first you know, two verses of Psalm 27. But the difference when you know God, you, you can actually say what the Psalm says, that the Lord is my light, the Lord is yeah. my salvation, the Lord is my stronghold. And I think what you said, Leslie-Anne, about transformation, um, when we know God is really important because actually when we can say the Lord is my light, the Lord is my mm-hmm. salvation, the Lord is my stronghold, that creates hope. That, that, that radically changes how we go about our, our daily existence um, because uh, we actually have access um, to, to the God of the universe, the God who is light, salvation, mm-hmm. uh, and our stronghold. Um, it has is, it is massive implications actually um, mm-hmm. knowing about and and actually knowing God. Um, yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah, there's there's actually a quote. Um, I know I've said this to you before, Alex. Uh, it's a quote from a friend of mine who's a retired minister. And just in talking about knowing stuff about God, as opposed to knowing God, um, he said it's good that we can understand things like Calvin's five points or more finer or detailed theology, but we can do this and talk about these things with the detachment of a pathologist speaking about a corpse in a morgue. Now, it's quite a morbid um, statement, <laughs> but I found it really, really powerful um, because ultimately, in, in not just knowing about God, in knowing God, there has to be a love there as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what changes it from just facts to our relationship. Um, mm-hmm. There is a love there that we have for him um, as we see more of his character revealed to us. Yeah, I think uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's an excellent quote. Um, absolutely phenomenal. And I think you're right that it's it's our affections it's our desires and um, that are that are ignited that that, that actually want um to, to to commune with god to, to worship god um so so we're saying that that to know god to think about the attributes of god is really really important um for us uh, as christians and yet there's probably a big question um, as we think about the fall as we think about sin entering the world uh, as well how do how do we actually come to know God? Um, you know, as fallen, sinful human beings um, who, who can't know God in and of themselves, how do we come to know God? Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good question. Um, and we can, we can spend forever sort of looking at potential answers to that. But like, I think let's turn first to God's word. Um, first of all, we see God revealed there to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, but like we can read in Romans 1 to 3 of all these different ways that God has revealed himself to us through the intricacy of creation and um, mm-hmm. through our bodies as well, the amazing things that they are through history and through church history as well, through all these stories that we have of the amazing things that God and God's people have done throughout all of time and our own personal experience of knowing that there is something more in this world. These are all sort of, they're almost like footprints in the sand on a beach. They're evidence, they're point to the fact that there's someone there, but until you've actually had a conversation with the person who left those footprints, it doesn't really mean anything. They're just kind of facts. 
but we've actually been led now to have an intimate relationship with this creator. So we see him through these things like creation, we see him through um, his word as well. But until that actually becomes personal, becomes our, our own um, an intimate relationship, it doesn't really mean a lot until we get to there. So we can know God as creator and we can know certain things about God mm-hmm. through, through creation. Um, yeah, completely agree. Liz, and you said something, I think, earlier on about God being, God revealing himself um, mm-hmm. to us. Um, what did you mean by that? Yeah, so we typically typically talk about revelation in three main areas, and Dave's already talked about one. So creation, and like a very broad, vast sense that all of the world, as Romans tells us, can can know God through creation, and it's therefore without excuse of of um, claiming there is no God. Uh, then, more specifically, we talk about revelation in God's word that He has revealed Himself in His word, His character, and even more specifically in His Son. So everything we see in Jesus Christ is uh, a full revelation of who God is. Um, just as everything we read about of God the Father in the Old Testament um, is a full revelation of who he is. So throughout all of scripture, we are seeing one God, one holy God revealed. Um, and, and this is the incredible bit. In fact, this morning, actually, we were talking about this uh, in a Bible study about Mark. Whenever in Mark, Jesus uh, feeds the 5,000. We are to think back to Ezekiel because he talks about the sheep without a shepherd. And in Ezekiel 34, whenever God says that he himself will be that shepherd, we're to think forward to Christ. And there's just so much of scripture goes back and forth, making it very clear that that Jesus is God the Son and that he is God. And therefore, everything we see there is true. But if we only took a New Testament reading, we might then start to think that a God only exists in order to deal with this sin problem and, and wasn't it really good of him to die on the cross for us we know that side of things and then we see the application of that in the letters and that, that is 100% crucial but if we take that on its own I think we lose the weight of the Old Testament which is the same God this is the same revelation and there we see um, equally love and mercy I'm not denying that in the slightest but I think we see more of the groundwork of just how sinful and rebellious we are in order for, for God the Son to, to need to be that sacrifice. So in all of scripture, we see how, how God has revealed himself. Um, and I think we're quicker to only think of the attributes that we see and read of in Christ. Um, and we maybe then lessen the things that we might see elsewhere when we think of God the Father or God the Spirit, which we'll talk about down the weeks. But to take that holistically is to see the person of God. Um, I guess it's important to, and I think Alex and I, we were talking about this the other day, it's important because then we can dispel false ideas about God. So if we don't actually go to his word where he has revealed himself, we can very quickly come up with our own versions. And our versions tend to be on our side. So our versions of God are much more lenient. You know, our versions of God have much lower standards of, of what sin is, of what repentance really means, of what a godly life is. And we are much more comfortable with that version. And yet, when we open God's word, which is the true revelation, the true version, you know, God is much more than we think. Um, he's much more than we realize. I think maybe it's important for us to acknowledge that we don't maybe know God well. We don't um, know our Bibles well, and therefore we don't know his character well. Um, so all of those things, I think, are important for why we should be looking to the attributes and equally then the how, um, I think, primarily revealed in his word. Yeah, I think that's that's incredibly helpful. Um, there's just a number of things that are really good there. Um, you know, we, we think about 
the, the Old Testament, in a sense, it sets the stage for for us seeing Jesus, um, yeah. and Jesus as we as we gaze upon Jesus, um, that is how we know God. But if we also want to know, it works vice versa. If we want to know yeah. Jesus better, we have to know who God is, um, yeah. as revealing the entirety of His Scripture, Old and New Testament. Um, and so I think that is a uh, uh, that's incredibly helpful. Um, and I think what you said, Leslie Anna, about having a, a real holistic um, view of, of God and the attributes of God is really helpful. And, you know, probably something that just comes straight off the bat because it's something that I've probably personally struggled with in the past is it's very easy to say, you know, God is loving. Um, mm. and for that, for example, to be the 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 driving attribute or yeah. potentially the the only attribute yeah. and 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 I know in the past where there's been times where you know I've thought um, I can live whatever way I want um, mm-hmm. God loves me because uh, I've trusted Jesus um, and so I don't need to um, work on my character you know God has potentially nothing to say about my character because He loves me um, I don't even need to go to, to go to church because you know God loves me. I can do things whatever way I want because because God loves me. Um, and actually, what, what's happening in those moments is uh, yes, it's on my terms, but I'm also uh, I'm also dimming my view of God and who He is, um, and it's such a it's such a shallow one. Uh, and so I think there is real importance in examining all of Scripture and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and seeing uh, seeing seeing who God is um, completely. I think I think one of the other things. To, to add on to both of you, what you said is when we look at the Old Testament, we see how glorious God is. We see who this God is. Um, one of the things that then happens is that when Jesus comes, when Jesus rescues us from, from, from sin, it's not that rescuing of sin, as you said, Lesnian, is, is the only thing. Um, it, it is a huge thing and a really important thing. Mm-hmm. But actually, actually then, Jesus makes these makes the God who we read of in the Old Testament accessible to us when we trust in him. And not only that, but he begins to make these attributes, this God, beautiful Mm -hmm. um, to us that we want to desire and pursue. And so really, Jesus Christ is is the one who we we need to be running to, looking to, uh, trusting in. If we are to have access um, to this God um, and for for our factions to be stirred up and um, to want to know this God. Um, and I think then actually in all of this, then what we're saying is that Jesus not only rescues us from sin, but Jesus gives us God. Um, mm-hmm. So God really is the goal of, of salvation of us being rescued from sin. It's that God is, is who it's all about. So why would we not want to, to know God? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Yeah, there's a there's a quote from it's actually from Mark Jones' book, God is that that pretty much sums up exactly all that you've said, Alex. Um, he says, apart from Christ, all the biblical language of God's passions and parts are of no use to us, um, which is really poignant. But exactly as you said, like it leads us to salvation without Christ. Like we see these pictures of God revealed in both Old and New Testament, and um, through His holiness in the Old Testament, through the person of Jesus in the New Testament. But that's only made personal as we get to know Jesus more. And getting to know Jesus more, we get to know this God that loves us so much more as well. Yep. Mark Jones says things in much uh, shorter 
uh, <laughs> and better ways yes. than I do. Although I'm not sure if it'd be, uh, I'm not sure if it'd be good in a podcast if he's so concerned. <laughs> no, <laughs> Mark a short Jones. episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Mark, Mark Jones is excellent. Yeah, I'm sure it'd be phenomenal. Um, but, but yeah. So how do we practically um, go about knowing God in our everyday, in our everyday living? Well, what does that look like for us? Yeah, I think um, primarily if we have said that God has primarily revealed himself in his word and in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, then practically how we can access that is by opening his word. Um, like we see literally on our pages, we see the, the words, the actions, the heart, um, the, the thoughts of God. Um, we have got gotten this incredibly full and complete revelation. It's not as if there's extra stuff to find out in other places. Um, and yet maybe we treat it like that, you know, as if this is just part of, of how we know God, but actually this is the full revelation. This is how God, not full revelation in that this is all there is to know about God, but that in that this is all that God has chosen to reveal is what I mean in that sense. I think there's so much more that we will never understand about God, but this is what he has chosen to reveal in order that we can know and understand. Um, so, so just reading God's word in the first place, uh, meditating upon it. J.I. Packer very helpfully talks about meditation in his book, Knowing God, which um, I'm sure lots of people have, have read as well. A really brilliant book, very practical book too. Uh, a meditation is something that we, or certainly I, tend to be a bit wary of because it's, it does have a lot of connotations with, um, I don't know, what would you call that? Like New Agey type stuff? You know, that idea of you're both looking nodding blankly because you don't know either but I think it's like that like new, new age type idea that empty in your mind and all that sort of stuff and that that is not what biblical meditation is that we are told to meditate on God's word and he really helpfully defines it I'm just going to read this from knowing God it says meditation is the activity of calling to mind and thinking over and dwelling on and applying to oneself the various things that one knows about the works and ways and purposes and promises of God. So I find, I find that really helpful that it's not an idea of, okay, I'll empty my mind and I'll see what God prompts me to think, or I'll see, you know, what, what comes there, but no, actually actively thinking upon what I've just read about him. Like, so you quoted from Psalm 27 earlier, Alex, to meditate upon that would be to think, well, what does that mean that God is my light, my salvation, my stronghold? Well, this is an incredible thing. How can I thank God for this? How can I respond in faith? In what ways have I not responded in faith? So in each of those ways, we are meditating upon what he has already told us in his word. Um, so I think that would be a good place to start at the very least. Yeah, I think that's really helpful with the, uh, you know, the, the meditation in the sense that like uh, a lot of meditation can be, you know, stress relief to disconnect our thoughts. Yeah. Um, we're actually, maybe we want to disconnect our selfish thoughts, but actually what we want to do is call to mind the thoughts yeah. of God um, from scripture to to, to ponder on those, to think to think about those, and how they are to shape our everyday existence. So it's something that's active. It's something mm -hmm. we're we're engaged in. Um, yeah, I think that's really helpful. Yeah, and just to to jump into that, um, like one thing I've really been challenged about recently is as I come to read, um, I pray, but not just sort of a quick sort of token prayer, like God speak to me as I read your word, Amen, as quickly as I can, yeah. and get into the good stuff. It's like the prayer calming yourself waiting on god to actually speak to you asking his spirit to reveal more of his character through the pages as you read it and then meditate as you said leslie and let those sit deep within you and think about them and um, let the spirit challenge this in that that is within you and um, 
because we can think of what what makes reading the Bible different for us as Christians compared to whenever, say, a scholar reads it. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of atheist scholars who know the Bible inside out. But what's the difference between them and us as Christians? It's the fact that we are communing with God. We're coming to him in prayer and saying, God, we can't do this by ourselves. I can't try harder just to see who Jesus is and, and read more and more. Speak to me. Make it clear to me. Challenge the sin that's there and show me your goodness as well. Um, and that's what sort of sets us apart. And I think that as well is, is where God reveals us and um, reveals himself to us is in our prayers to him and asking him to do that. And I think we'll probably come full circle here actually, Dave. Um, where you, you, you mentioned about the atheist lecture. He knows about God, mm-hmm. um, but, but he doesn't know God. Uh, and so I think the, the challenge is that for us is that we want to be knowing God as we, we open the word, as we spend time reading how God has revealed himself um, in scripture to us by his grace in an understandable way. And we want to recognize that um, the, the only way that we can know those things and those things become beautiful and actually lead to a change of heart, actually lead to us worshiping God is through Jesus Christ. And that is the goal of, of life for, for human beings is that they would you know, worship God, um, glorify God and enjoy him um, forever. Yes, uh, that's, that's excellent. Um, are there any other thoughts comments uh, to close with uh, well I guess I, I was going to share um, so, so I guess what we're thinking about today is why bother you know why any of this and Tozer has really helpfully dealt with this so he, he firstly says what comes into our minds when we think about God is the more, most important thing about us and I don't think that's our view <laughs> I don't think that we would say that's the most important thing about us and so that's initially challenging but then he says this and I, I remember the first time I read this a few years ago I think I initially didn't really understand um, or at least I was a bit shocked, but actually I think it's, it's really important. So he says, all the problems of heaven and earth, though they were to confront us together and at once, would be nothing compared with the overwhelming problem of God, that he is, what he is like, and what we as moral beings must do about him. So seeing that, the idea that, you know, the problem we have with God, and I thought, okay, that's a strange way to put it, but that's exactly right. The fact that he exists, and then what his character is actually like. And then what are we going to do about that? That is a problem in the sense that if we don't pursue this in the right way, we've got a big problem. Uh, so I think that's a helpful, as we look ahead to this series, I think it's helpful to acknowledge firstly that this is a big deal. Um, and this is something that we can pursue. And, and God graciously lets us pursue as well. So it's a, it's a good place to start. Yeah, life only makes sense whenever we, uh, mm. whenever we, we know who God is uh, and are dwelling on that. Uh, Mm-hmm. And living in light of um, his truth, who he is, and living with him. Um, yeah, I, I want to close with uh, the words of Ephesians, um, well, really the prayer in Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. It's interesting, Paul, at the beginning of his letter for, for the church of Ephesus, his, his prayer, his heart, his, his main concern um, for that church is that they would know God better. Um, and, he, and he thanks God that they're able to know him because of Jesus Christ. Um, and that should be uh, our, the prayer for ourselves, for each other, for our congregation, for everyone tuning in here, that, that we would know God better and that we would uh, thank God because through Jesus Christ, um, we have access to God. and We can know this amazing God that we're going to be 
studying about and thinking about over the next number of weeks. Let me, let me close uh, with these words, with this prayer. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. They're uh, incredible words, um, Apostle Paul. And uh, that should be our prayer for ourselves, for each other, uh, and for congregation, everyone um, listening to this. Thank you guys for your input, for the chat today. I found this um, really good, really helpful, really refreshing. Um, And for those of you who have been listening as well, I hope you'll find the same. Thank you for listening in and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll chat again soon. Take care.